had a workshop this weekend and a number of students got initiated with my teacher. I want to talk about initiation and this practice because it's not Western and it's not as simple as you think it is. So the first thing about initiation I want to say is that the initiation itself is a very minor part of the path. What it does is it gives our teacher permission to see more of your life and to teach you a little bit more uh, directly, which in Eastern terms could often mean that your lessons will come in a little harsher in order for you to get it, so to speak. But the real part of this path is your practice. The teacher cannot make you grow and evolve and cannot even make you learn or pay attention. And I've been with this teacher for, I don't know, 38 years or something, something like that, since 1985, 86. And I've seen a number of students who never became initiated who are fantastic students. They learned a lot. They've progressed tremendously. And I will say that I think the majority of the initiated students in my limited observations are not good students. And therefore, their growth is not as advanced or spectacular or as pronounced as the good students who are not initiated. One of the things with Westerners is They love to get a label. I'm advanced, I'm initiated, I'm fourth level Reiki master, I graduated from college. (laughs) When I was a professor, I used to tell my students that I've seen some of the best, smartest students come out of the worst colleges, and some of the worst students, worst people, come out of the best colleges because they learn to work the system, not do the work. So that is pretty predominant in Western culture, maybe Eastern, but I don't know. I live in the West, so I'm going to stick with that for now. So getting initiated does nothing for you. You have to do it for yourself. The initiation takes moments, but the practice is a lifetime. And I know my teacher says this, but a lot of times it just doesn't really seem to sink in. And people go on this giant ego trip of, I'm an initiated student. I also know a number of people who got initiated and left the path after that and never came back. Because it got too hard. It got too real instead of airy-fairy. So focus on your practice. And the practice, the observance days, etc. You are not worshipping anything. The whole point of those practices are that on certain days, there is extremely beneficial energies available to you. And by following those practices that are recommended, you get to take advantage of those energies by your own effort. It's kind of like saying on these days, there's a buffet, but you have to climb 15 flights of stairs and get there early in the morning to get the buffet. The buffet is not delivered to your door. 
So if you don't do the practice, no one misses out but you. If you're, quote, a bad student, no one misses out but you. Because this path is about you. You don't get to be special to a teacher who then gives you these great gifts without any work on your end. This is just like saying, we have a gym and a personal trainer waiting for you. Show up, we'll help you get in shape. That's what this path is about. You show up, you do the work. Plenty of tools are being offered to you. But like so many people I know, they join the gym, they buy the sneakers, or they get a personal gym at home, and they never use it. (laughs) Very common. I want to talk about now also acceptance and surrender. Because there were some questions asked about that during the workshop. And you have to understand that there is no one answer for you for the rest of your life. Except maybe have a practice. <laughs> that's, that's always there. But one student was told, you have to learn to regulate your emotions, tackle your demons. And I know this is per- a person who is also worked on surrendering to your higher power. So how do those two go together? Surrendering to a higher power does not mean you give up and lay down. The story that my students have heard me tell of throwing away the other oar. It means also that I am now completely willing to be taught. I am completely willing to do whatever it takes, including die, die internally, give up my ego, my beliefs, my obsessions with shopping, food, drinking, sugar, etc. So surrendering to a higher power means now I am really going to listen and look, observe, feel, sense, perceive the guidance I'm being given on what's next. What's next might be crying, it might be therapy, it might be taking medication, it might be having a difficult conversation with your parents or your spouse. That is what surrender and acceptance is. Listening. And we always take action, but it's action guided from the heart. We listen first, we connect with the heart, and then we take action. Now, if you don't have a daily practice, It's a little harder to listen. It's a little harder to find that guidance. But for if you have run around trying your own solutions, you've gone on 10 diets, you've declared yourself a non-drinker for the 20th time, you're telling yourself and others, I'm not drinking that much anymore for the 20th time, which is exactly what alcoholics do. They always tell you they're getting better, which means they're still drinking. That means you have tried everything you can from your limited brain, from your addicted self, your wounded self, and it's not working. So you're not someone who needs to regulate your spin-out. You've been regulating. 
you need to let go and let God, so to speak. But that goes along with God helps those who help themselves. If you don't like the word God, which I always have issues with that word because it's associated with organized religion. Use the word higher power, source, spirit. When our teacher guides us, my teacher talking to my students, meaning our teacher at that time, he is talking to you in the moment. There are no rules in this path other than have a daily practice. And that's not even a rule. It's a suggestion. So if you hear an answer, it's not like, oh, this is what I have to do forever. No, it's what you have to do right now. If you've been laying down and letting it go, and that's it, and self-indulging your anger and your addiction, he's going to tell you it's time to start having discipline. If you've been someone who's been using discipline without admitting your real problems and looking deeper, he's going to tell you to get honest and to accept and surrender. So none of this is rigid, like, oh, I learned so much, now I know what to do. No, (laughs) you learned so much, now you know how to adjust the course for now. In the beginning, we have to become self-aware. We have to find the pattern, see the pattern, accept the pattern. Then you need to be honest about the pattern. If you're not willing to ask for help, I cannot help you. Your teacher cannot help you. Source cannot help you. The only way they can help you, source and my teacher, is by making things worse until you finally see them. But if you need help, you need to say so. If you're a drinker and you don't like it, you need to say so. Otherwise, no one has the right to interfere in your process of learning. And if that process includes a lot of self-destruction, so be it. There have been people on this path who have committed suicide. There have been people on this path for over 30 plus years who are still alcoholics. It's just better under control. That's as good as it got. This path does not cure you. You cure you. So the first steps are you have to see it. Then you have to acknowledge it. And by doing that, you learn about yourself. Sometimes you learn about your past. And you start learning the lesson. Once you start learning the lesson, then you can start to choose to self-correct with guidance from a higher power. So what I see instead is people learn and then they give up. Yep, I drink. Yep, I overeat. Yeah, I'm not meditating. Okay, (laughs) that is not acceptance and surrender. The acceptance and surrender part is I have a problem that I am powerless over. That is the acceptance and surrender. Then when we turn our will and life over to the care of a higher power, to use the vernacular of 12-step, what we're saying is, I'm listening. I'm open to guidance. 
And I'm going to start taking action based on that heart-driven, spiritual-driven guidance. So for some of you, it will mean stop going on your 15th diet. Stop lying about your drinking. Stop hiding how hurt and scared you are. There's a lot of stops in there. For others of you, it's going to mean start doing something different. Actually go to the gym. Where's my little dog? Uh-oh. Pia! P. So it's different for everyone. What you do and when you do it. For example, when we talk about the four pillars of um, self-care, of reparenting, there's four pillars. And we rotate between all of them. If we're lucky, we get to do all of them. And if you think about them, they're contradictory. Discipline and self-care, two of the pillars. Most people think of those as contradictory. And in a sense, they are. But if we put them together, it means that I discipline myself with a loving heart from the intention of self-care, not self-punishment. That's the same thing here. We accept and surrender. We also regulate and take action. The other two pillars of reparenting are joy and regulation of emotions. So there you go again. They sound contradictory. If I regulate my emotions, how can I be joyful? (laughs) So we rotate between these things. You can't regulate your emotions before feeling them and learning about them. So now I've learned I'm self-indulgent, that I wallow around in my addictions, and then I whine and complain, or I have to be the center of attention, and that's just who I am. No. (laughs) That's who you discovered you are, and you discovered where a lot of it came from, and you discovered what triggers you and how often you do it. And now you decide to start taking some grown-up action about that. And spirit will be guiding you the whole way. But guidance doesn't mean spirit tells you what to do. That's not guidance. That's bossing you around. And that means you learn nothing but compliance and obedience. And that's the church. That's organized religion. Comply and obey and we'll give you stuff of course, is absolute nonsense. It never happens. You just end up giving them money and thinking you're getting saved. So all of this is a process. It's not an answer. Getting initiated, just like coming to my classes, some difference, of course, but what it means is You're giving a little bit more permission for someone to poke and prod you a little harder into your evolution and learning. But it can only be poking and prodding. It can't be a collar and a leash. It can't be taking away your own skills and need to learn critical thinking, self-examination, honesty, Making mistakes, picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, trying again. My teacher, the Eastern Path, 
will always lead you into mistakes because that's when we learn the most. If he always leads you into salvation, you're going to get fat and lazy or fatter and lazier. Oh, he told me to do this. I'll do this and then it'll be all better. That's not evolution. That's lazy. (laughs) That's not getting in shape at the gym. (laughs) It won't last. You gain nothing. And again, as humans, we tend to not treasure anything we haven't worked hard for. Think of those of you that survived the struggles of your marriage, how much you treasure your marriage now. Or those of you who repaired your relationship with your children or your in-laws, you treasure that. But up until then, very often, we humans, sadly, take things for granted. So if you've been wallowing in your surrender acceptance, this is who I am, and until spirit shows me exactly what to do, I'm not going to try anything. Good luck. (laughs) No, you're wallowing in your addictions and your misbehaviors. Try stuff. The guidance will come by spirit showing you this is a mistake. This didn't work. This hurt you. This worked a little bit. Oh, this worked quite well. That's the guidance. You try, spirit corrects. You try, spirit will shut the door and ask you to try another door. It's a very active path. And you have the free will not to do any of it. So what do you do, for example, um, I, I have to look at Oprah. I really love that woman. She's quite transparent. Uh, she has a great new book out called What Happened to You? And she posed this great idea. Instead of saying to yourself or having people say to you, you know, why did you do that horrible thing is the end of that sentence, but why did you do that? The question is, what happened to you that you did do that? And she did a number of posts about her really awful childhood. I mean, awful. And look who she is today. I want to point out that she was the diet queen at one point. I don't know if you all saw her famous show where she came out with a little wagon with 60 pounds of fat in it because she had lost 60 pounds. She looked gorgeous. But it didn't last because what she found is she is not happy at that weight. It was too much work. The acceptance and surrender is, yes, I am a certain weight that's not in style that I am comfortable with. But that wasn't like she gave up and resigned to that. No, she tried and she learned a lifestyle to stay thin isn't worth it to her. Then she accepted and surrendered to her weight that makes her happy. That is very different than going, well, I drink, and yes, I overeat, and yes, I'm a bad student. No, she busted her butt, and it wasn't her first diet. It was a number of diets, and then you know she declared this is for life, and it's a lifestyle, and it wasn't. But she's happy now, and that's what she had to go through in order to get to acceptance and surrender. She had to go through try and fail. Very important thing to think about. We try and we fail, and we find out, I am fat. I am an alcoholic, so I'm just going to do my best to keep it under control. 
and not hurt my family as much as I used to. That's what I see some of the people with my teacher have done for decades. That's as good as it's going to get in this life. And all the pride and egos I can feel bristling right now. I'm not going to be like that. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) So all of this advice that you hear, even from me, it is trial and error. It's for the moment. And the advice given is just to get you on the right path. But the real work is you have to walk the path. You have to make mistakes. You have to try having anger to find out if you're capable of it or you just are a very passive person. And if you're a passive person, you're going to pay a price for that. And if you can express your anger, you're going to pay a price for that too. But because you've worked it out and come to a place of acceptance and surrender, you'll be peaceful about, oh, I'm here to have this set of problems, these gifts, these talents, these lack of talents. I I always wish I could be someone who ran around and make everybody just feel so good. That's what I used to do in my Jesus year. I was great at it. I had so many friends and oh, my energy was amazing and everybody loved me, blah, blah, blah. And I was destroying myself inside, but I thought that was a great way to be. I thought it would make me happy and make the world happy. Then when I had to come to terms with who I really am, thanks to my teacher, (laughs) I find out that I bring up people's stuff. Even when I don't say anything, their stuff comes up around me because I have a very catalytic, very strong energy that tends to... If you have cracks in your field or cracks in your story to yourself, somehow my energy will shake those cracks loose, even if I hide in a corner and put a paper bag over my head, which I've done. (laughs) And it took me a while to accept that because I wanted to be beloved by everybody and wear white and amethyst and, and make everybody's heart chakra open and blah, blah, blah. Not me, not this life. So now that I accept it, surrender to it, I have to work with it. I have to regulate how often I do that. I have to admit to my mistakes. I have to self-correct. I take daily inventory. I do the best I can with who I am and what I have. Before, I looked much more perfect to everyone, even to myself. I looked much more perfect, but I was dead inside. I was... Oh, so many things inside. Numb. And I don't know if I would have changed if it hadn't been for my teacher. Without him, I might have never confronted who I really am and worked with it. So your work is to try and fail. As Pema Chodron says, she has a wonderful little book that was a speech given to a graduating class of a college called Fail, Fail Again, Fail Better. That to me would be the name of this path here. And when you finally accept your failure and surrender to it, now you can start to work with who you really are. I really am an addict. I really have a mental uh, illness disease. I really... Uh, am an angry person. I really am a private controlling person who doesn't accept help from anybody and has an ego that where I want to present that I'm okay to everybody. All right. 
There you go. Now you're going to do a lot of reparenting, discipline, self-care, joy, regulation of emotions. Remember, you can't regulate emotions unless you first know them. You can't regulate what you don't know. So, now how many of you want to quit now? (laughs) What's the benefit of doing all of this? Well, one thing I'm going to point out as a non-benefit is your world of intimates will get very small. When you really become an authentic person, people around you get very uncomfortable. And you get uncomfortable around people who are hiding things. I know I moved out to this very conservative area and I hid the work I did. I hid everything. People just knew I was a professor. And I had a bunch of women say to me that I made them very uncomfortable. One said, you know, you're just like, you're just so honest. It's really unnerving. And by the way, I told them nothing. But I guess the little bit I talked about was so honest compared to the level of conversation. Even that was unnerving. And others said, you're nice, but you're you're weird. You're like, really weird. And here I was trying to, you know, fake normal. And they stopped riding horses with me. So a bad part of this work is that people around you may find you challenging just when you show up, just when you walk in a room. And you may find others very challenging to be around. So the path can get very lonely and very narrow. And my teacher has talked about that. It takes years for that to happen. It's not going to happen in a week. It's way down the road should you stick with this work. And by the way, you can de-initiate at any time. <laughs> but it does get to be a, kind of a, a lonely road with few fellow travelers on it. I found the same thing, however, even in 12-step. I went to adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families for decades. And there was a period of time where I could not tolerate being around muggles non-magical people, if you read the Harry Potter books. I couldn't stand being around non-programmed people. I couldn't handle the level of dishonesty that went on in daily life, the level of stupid, lying chit-chat. I still have a very low tolerance for it. It is exhausting to me. So what's the good part? A quality of life that you cannot yet imagine. No matter what I say, You will have no idea right now what I'm talking about if you're new to this work. Or if you've been doing this work but not for very long or not very well. In other words, it's been kind of intermittent. And I'm not saying that, that you should force yourself to be more consistent. You do the best you can. And for some of us, intermittent is as good as it gets right now. The ability to sense other life forms around you, above you, but also on earth, your animals, your children, your spouse, family members, close friends. There is an intimacy that is truly divine that most people do not get to experience. The same would happen with sexuality. There's a a level of sexuality, of cosmic love-making connection that is available if you find a partner who can match that energy with you. And it will ruin you forever for normal earth plane sex encounters. 
there is a feeling that you get that you are never alone ever again. And it has nothing to do with humans. It's always divine. And it's so much more powerful than a human who at the moment, out of guilt, remorse, or their own hormones at the moment saying, I love you. Human love, no matter what people say, it's conditional. Can't help it. They're humans. (laughs) And a lot of times humans say they love you while they beat you up and send you to the hospital. Divine love is completely different. And to actually feel that is a gift that comes out of this practice. Again, practice over time, energy, action, doing it does not come just by thinking about it. So I encourage you all to go slowly, do everything to honor your path and yourself, not to prove you're a good student, to try to get better, to try to look good, to race towards the idea of I can be a psychic or a healer and help other people. Any of those things is definitely going to throw an obstacle course in your path in this work here. By becoming a better person, you automatically help everybody around you. And as my teacher has said in the past, if you help one person in this life, that's enough. So get modest, get humble, get realistic, do the best you can, and keep being willing to try and fail and learn. If you want help, you're going to have to ask for it. You're going to have to say something. If you're suffering at home and you come to classes and say nothing, then that will not be addressed. No one has a right to force you to work on things that you don't want to work on. If you don't want to talk about your physical problems, your sexual dysfunction, your terrors at home, your fears, because they seem silly or you want to seem more mature or adult, then that is your prerogative. You are welcome as always in classes, to write personal notes and have them addressed so there's a little more privacy. You're welcome to do private work to bring up stuff as well. And you are welcome to hide whatever you need to hide for as long as you need to hide it. Just make it a choice. It's what I'm doing, what I choose to do. I'm very excited that my teacher came out here and will be coming out here again every year, it sounds like. Very excited. It was a wonderful workshop. And it was just such a great group of people. So another bonus that we have out here in this area is that we have kind of a family group. We have each other. We have a Zoom meeting every Tuesday night, a talking circle. that we have a talking circle for you to share connect with talk to each other and you can hook up with each other outside of class hook up I don't mean sexually I mean connect with each other outside of class and be on this journey together I didn't just work with my teacher I went to 12 step I had a mentor for 12 step I had a mentor that worked with my teacher 
who taught me for years. I had spiritual parents in the 20, when my 20s. I have always had people helping me. And I've always done my own work, meaning they're helping me to do my work. I will encourage you not to do this alone. If you want to, that's fine. I don't see the point of it. <laughs> Hope to see you at Life Path Healings. Thank you all for who attended. Thank you all who listened. And onward we go into evolution. <laughs>